Welcome to the 56th podcast. This is the worst podcast. <laughs> this is the worst podcast. I'm not, I'm not putting this out, man. You gotta, you gotta. No, keep it going. We can put this out. Welcome to the 56th podcast. Nobody in 56 Nation cares about these games are mattering to me right now, bro. None of them. And you know why? Because I'm losing money. You think they knocked out for the count? Like the energy over here. Krispy Kreme, Yo, 56 Nation, we keep bringing the heat. You guys keep listening and checking us out, man. We appreciate it. If you're not already, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at the 56 Podcast. And we're on all social media at the same thing, at the 56 Podcast. Subscribe to us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you can get podcasts, you can find us there. We're bringing you new stuff. We're bringing you improved stuff every time, too. Hey, Trey, week 10. In the books, man, it was an exciting week of games. A lot of a lot of thrillers, and uh, we're gonna get to some of those, man. But how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just ready to talk a little NFL and get this podcast going. Let's do it, man. So Thursday night's matchup was the Indianapolis Colts versus the Tennessee Titans, and that game wasn't really super competitive. Indianapolis won thirty-four to seventeen. I think what you like about that game, if you're a Colts fan, 308 yards passing by Phillip Rivers. And if you're a Titans fan, you got what you basically expected, 103 yards rushing from Derrick Henry. For a Thursday night game, uh, I liked it because there were some points scored, which Thursday night can go either way. Um, but other than that, I didn't really find too much to really get excited about. What would you think, man? Yeah, Thursday night games are generally boring. I mean, this one wasn't so bad. Like you said, Phillip Rivers threw for 300 yards. I uh, wish he would have thrown more touchdowns. He kind of cost me some money in an in-game parlay, but it, it, it wasn't so bad overall. Uh, looking forward, I think the Colts are looking better than the Titans. Like, the Colts can win this division, which is something that we both didn't think was possible at the beginning of the year. Now, that's true for sure. And if you're a Titans fan, what's going on with uh, Ryan Tannehill? I mean, he was untouchable at the beginning of the year, and you're starting to see a little bit of regression there. I mean, it's nothing crazy. But he's definitely not performing at the level he was earlier, which is interesting because he's still getting the rushing performance. And he it was supposed to be all about, you know, if you provide me the run game, I'll provide you the passing game. But we're starting to see that slip a little bit of the last few weeks. Um, the question for you about Thursday night games in general. Are you a fan of them or do you wish that the NFL would just do away with them altogether? I think that they're fine. Uh, the placement and where they are in the week, they kind of get everybody started for the weekend. They're good. I don't know how you can energized teams to do it maybe if you can make sure that the scheduling matches up where each team that plays a Thursday night played the early Sunday games so they get a little extra time to rest I don't know I mean it's 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 it is what it is I like football coming early so Thursday night games are fine with me yeah I used to like it a lot now it's just kind of something on television to watch which I'm all right with you know don't love it don't hate it all right so Houston at Cleveland and what a stink fest this was 10 to 7 was the final score in 2020's NFL. Are you kidding me? Uh, obviously, Cleveland won with 10 points. Houston scored 7. Deshaun Watson only had about 163 yards passing. Nick Chubb, beast, as usual, 126 yards rushing. 
Well, there, there was something that played a part in a lot of games uh, this week. It's a little thing called the weather. And I know that the weather was not good up there in, uh, when, when, the, when Cleveland played Houston. Um, we probably would have saw a little bit more offense because both offenses are high-powered. I mean, that wasn't any anything to show who, who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it is what it is with the weather. And we saw that a little bit in the uh, late game where that weather pushed into New England when New England played the Ravens. Yeah, I feel you. I just – you got to be able to get more than 17 points combined in this game somehow, weather regardless. I mean, you have a running game. Both teams should be able to run the ball a little bit. I tell you what, Houston, since they fired Bill O'Brien, really has not looked much better on the field. Just putting that out there. Now, I know he's probably fired a lot more for his personnel decisions, but it hadn't looked good. And I think you can probably say Romeo Cornell's not getting that job long term. As for Cleveland, they got the win. That's what's important. I think they're still really competitive in that division, um, even though the Steelers are kind of just off the charts, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. But you know, it, it wasn't – if you like football for what football is currently, and that's a lot of points, this was not your matchup of the week. So then we get to go out to Washington – or, excuse me, the game was played in Detroit. But it was Washington versus Detroit. Detroit won 30-27. to 27. Here's where this thing gets weird. Alex Smith had 390 passing yards. The, the game, for me, wasn't something that was as close as that final score sounds. But – Washington had a little bit of fight in him. So you give him credit for that, right? Absolutely. Uh, this was a good game for the Washington football team, especially because they play in what division? The NFC East, the least, whatever you want to call it. Yes, they, play, they play in the NFC garbage. So anyway, they're still in, in the NFC East, and they're looking better every week. And Alex Smith, I told you he was going to get in this year. I told you. And he's looking pretty decent. I, did he throw for any touchdowns? I thought it was just three no. or nine three touches. That was a weird number. That was a weird number. Yeah. But what I took, what I took from that game at the end is they still had a chance to win. And then Chase Young, boneheaded rookie mistake. I don't I have no idea why he pushed after at the end of that game. Well, you can't blame this loss on a rookie um, for sure. The game shouldn't have been that close. Detroit's one of the worst teams offensively and defensively in the NFL. So I look at it a little differently than you do. Those 390 yards from Alex Smith mean absolutely nothing to me. Because that's what Detroit does. They give up massive amounts of yardage. The fact that we couldn't muster more than 27 points against this god-awful team is really what stands out to me. And it lets me know the, the Washington football team's a little bit further off than um, they should be at this point. And I don't, you know, Alex Smith has been terrible in his time um, with us this year. He's had some really, really, really awful games up until the second half of last week. And we had some decent moments. This week didn't really vindicate him at all for me, so. Not, you know, the game wasn't really even that fluid to watch. It was not fun to watch. It just was a few plays. Detroit hit a couple plays deep, and the rest of the game was just kind of like, man, you know, not a lot of exciting going on. There. All right. Yeah, and the thing is about this game is it's kind of weird to say, but the team that lost actually has a better chance to make the playoffs. Like, Isn't that something? Yeah. It's, it's awful. Right. Jacksonville at Green Bay. And uh, Green Bay won 24 to 20. Aaron Rodgers went for 325. The surprise of the year, at least in fantasy football, James Robinson, the running back from Jacksonville, balled out. He had 109 yards. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had 149 yards receiving for the Packers. Jacksonville hung in there with this team. I think for a while it looked like they were going to pull this one out. 
if you're a fan of fantasy football, you were pissed off about this game <laughs> for the entire game. I was watching Aaron Jones do nothing until a little bit later. He got a couple of receptions and stuff like that. But um, any particular yeah. thoughts on this one? Uh, the good thing is Aaron Jones is back and healthy. So all you fantasy owners, uh, look for Aaron Jones to have some better days ahead. This game also was one of those weather games. I know it wasn't raining or anything, but the the wind was really high. So I think that kind of kept a lot of the uh, passing attack that Green Bay has down, or they probably would have scored a, few, a couple more touchdowns. Overall, uh, the Jaguars are what they are. They're one of the worst teams in the league. I don't know where they're going from there. I mean, Keenan Cole had a good, had a decent game. He had a, a nice punt return. He had a, a 47 yards and a touchdown, five receptions. Not bad, but they kind of are what they are. So I'm not really worried about them moving forward. The Packers got to show me more to show me that they can keep up with teams in the NFC like the Saints and the Bucks. Yeah, they got to they got to stabilize themselves. They're a little bit unbalanced in terms of their performances from week to week. So. Let's see more Green Bay. Philly and the Giants. Oh, man. NFC East. <laughs> when, when you start talking about an NFC East matchup, it automatically comes with like a deep sigh. It's just required. It's like, ah. So Giants pulled this out 27 to 17. Daniel Jones, 244. Miles Sanders, 85 yards. Darius Slate, 93. None of that matters. What matters is Andy no, no, not Andy Dalton. I almost pulled a U-tray. Carson Wentz. Holy crap. What's happening there, man? So, um, was that a mistake or did you mean to do that? I kind of meant to do that because I know how you roll. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is reverting back to who I thought he was, which is Mr. Carson Dalton. Um the cool thing about this is I told people at the beginning of the year that I thought the New York Giants were a little better team than uh, Philadelphia, and it's kind of it kind of showed in this game. That defense New York's got, that's the best defense in the uh, NFC East, and it's pretty clear. And they play well, and they go after it. And then also Daniel Jones, they did – I guess they listened to the podcast because they did exactly what I told them to. After that long run he had there a week or so ago, what did he do again? Another long run because they're going to start they're going to start using him in the run game a little more. Uh, he might be their leading rusher, if I'm not mistaken. Shout out to Joe Judge, who listens to the podcast, evidently. I like that guy now. <laughs> sure hey. It's not Matt Rule? <laughs> no, it's definitely not Matt Rule. He coaches Carolina. <laughs> Something that I heard, or uh, I came across a stat today with the Eagles. Do you know Miles Sanders has never had a 20-plus carry game in his career with the Eagles? That's insane to me. Miles Sanders is, is averaging almost six yards a carry, I think, for his career or something like that. Like, he's he's good, and they just don't give him the ball. You know, it's weird. It's really, really weird. But if the Eagles want to remain in first place, which I think they are by half a game over the Giants, <laughs> a team that was Owen whatever, oh, my gosh, they're half came out of first place in the CS, NFC East now. If they want to remain in first place, man, they got to figure out what's going on with Wentz. More importantly, they got to commit to the run game. All right, Tampa Bay at Carolina, 46 to 23. Tom Brady hopped in the time machine, 341 yards. Ronald Jones, 192 yards. I think 96 of those came on one run. And DJ Moore had almost 100 yards for the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. We don't know the extent of that just yet. I think it's not as serious as once thought. But the story here is Tom Brady and these Buccaneers, after getting their butts whipped by the Saints, they come out 
and they take care of business here. Yeah, this was a game that I pretty much called was gonna was gonna go down, man. Tom Brady in his career, I don't know what the stat was. I heard it the other day on games where he loses his record and the next game is like ridiculous. Like he, I want to say it's like twenty something and two. Like he do, he doesn't lose uh, another. I, he doesn't lose a, a two games in a row hardly ever. It's just something that doesn't happen, and he kind of showed why. And I don't think that score was really as close to what it should uh, shows how close it really uh, how far it really was not close like Buccaneers just outclassed them they were just a better team the defense was better the offense was better I don't really like when I see a running back with those numbers that Ronald Jones had I really don't like those numbers because it all, like half of them came on one play yeah and for, for fantasy that just pisses me off when I have to go up against somebody that does that <laughs> but overall you know the Bucks are what we thought they were now can they just get by the Saints yeah well Drew Brees is going to be out for a little while. So, you know, who knows? All right. So Denver at the Raiders. The Raiders won 37 to 12. Denver is a hot mess right now. Their quarterback, Drew Locke, is moonwalking. But, you know, you remember like in our first podcast we ever did together, I think we ranked Drew Locke as like the best second year quarterback that's out there. I think I, I did. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I did. I think you had Kyler Murray number one or something like that. But then I had who? I had Daniel Jones number two. And although it's, it, you thought it might have been funny at the beginning of the year, it's definitely not now. Daniel Jones kind of showing that he might yeah. be the number two uh, sophomore quarterback. Drew Locke. I mean, I know they got some injuries, but oof, that guy had four picks yesterday, threw for two fifty. Josh Jacobs from the Raiders went for one twelve, a couple of touchdowns. The Raiders' backup running back had 68, something like that, yards, 80 yards, something like that, and two touchdowns himself. They got four touchdowns rushing yesterday against the Broncos. It's not good in Denver right now. Yeah, when I look at at Denver, man, you got Melvin Gordon and Lindsey back there, and they didn't really do much of anything. I I really think in the offseason they're going to have to revisit that situation in the backfield. I think one of those guys are gone, and I think it's going to be Melvin Gordon, although they just got him. Shouldn't have got him. I mean, he wasn't good. I, you know, he did. He does what he does. Like, he's he's good in the red zone. Um, he's he, To me, he's limited otherwise. I thought that was a mistake bringing him in. They should have just let Lindsey do what he does. Jerry Judy is a bright spot for Denver. I think he's finally starting to show his skill set. He's already one of the best route runners in the league. He's creating separation. And uh, he's making some plays now. So is it just me, or are the Raiders a little better than what people thought? But they just—I feel like they played down to their competition. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they played down to their competition, and if you're a Raiders fan, you hate that. All right, so Los Angeles at Miami, and your Dolphins. Are on a five-game winning streak. Not your Dolphins, but all. Shout out to all of our Dolphins fans out there. It'll say, um, Big E, um, everybody that supports this podcast. That's a Dolphins fan, man. Shout out to you. Um, but Dolphins took care of business, twenty-nine to twenty-one, against the uh, Chargers. Just yeah, absolutely. Her- absolutely. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Like we can interrupt each other all day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, the Dolphins are kind of what I told you that I thought they were going to be. At the beginning of the season, it looked kind of bleak, but now they've come alive. That defense, that defense is – I think that defense is the best in the league, man. That defense is awesome. And then guess what? Tua looks a little better than what I thought. 
Mm-hmm. And this was a matchup between both those rookie quarterbacks who are um, – people argued who's going to be the better quarterback. Uh, there's actually three of them out this year, including Joe Burrow. Which one do you think is going to be the better quarterback in the long run? Uh, long run? I think Justin Herbert. I, I think he just has too much of the skill set to not be the best. I think Tua is going to do some good things. Uh, I really do. But I think Justin Herbert – and, again, it's early, and a lot of things can change going into their second year. I like what Joe Burrow does, but I kind of feel like we've seen – like Joe Burrow is already peak Joe Burrow to me. He's just going to get better weapons around him and, and a better offensive line. Justin Herbert just seems like he's on another dimension compared to those other guys to me right now. Yeah, overall, this looks like a pretty good quarterback class. I, mean, I think all three of these guys are going to be starters for a few years at least before we oh, even yeah. start to um, argue about how good they are because all of them, all three of them look good. And in Absolutely. this game right here, I mean, in this game right here, it was just the Miami defense. Uh, or Herbert might have won this game. If, the, if this Miami defense wasn't so stellar, Herbert might have won this matchup. But credit to the Dolphins, and moving forward, I think they're in a good position. They're in the NFC and the NFC East. Yeah, right, because they would be demolished in that division, the AFC East. And guess what? They are second in that division. Yeah, they they really are. And you nailed it when you started talking about that defense. Where did that come from? I mean, my gosh. They have an excellent coach in Brian Flores, too, and he deserves all the credit in the world. I think way back when, when we got uh, connected with uh, Big E, uh, he told us to look out for this team. And I think, Trey, you were the one that kind of said, yeah, right. <laughs> when he was on the podcast. Go back, with and us. To the, go back and listen to the tape. I was on board with those Dolphins early in the year. You said they were going to finish last in that division, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to check the tape, though. But I know you weren't real high on them. In the, and I've, like, I've, I've noticed – this is Trey giving himself a bunch of shout outs for things he probably didn't even predict, but we'll keep it going, man. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the AFC East, Buffalo at Arizona, game of the week, bar none. Take it away, Trey. Man, this was a good game. I actually watched this game. I had a lot of money involved in this game, in-game bets. Uh, my quarterback in yearly fantasy is Kyler Murray. And in the first half, man, I was like, oh, my gosh, Kyler, are you really going to give me 10 points for this entire game? And then guess what? Kyler came back and does what, and does what Kyler does. He extends plays. He's really awesome on his feet. He, Man, he already has nine, I think, nine or ten rushing touchdowns for the year. And he only had five all last year. Like, this guy is – this guy's elite. This guy's getting into an elite status here as a quarterback in the league, man. I think he's better than Lamar Jackson, to be honest with you. I mean, yes, yes, absolutely. And as far as the game goes, it looked like Buffalo was just being Buffalo. They were doing what they were doing. And for some reason, something didn't click in that second half, and Buffalo kind of slacked down. We were talking about playing down to your competition. They kind of didn't really play down to the competition, but they kind of tucked their foot off that gas pedal a little bit is what it seemed like to me. And then Kyler and them came through and just made a run. And then that play at the end, Ooh, it cost me 80 bucks, but man, I, as a fan of the NFL, I was ecstatic to watch it happen. That play single-handedly won my fantasy football matchup last week. I had DeAndre Hopkins, and I was looking. I, I even sent out a text to you and the other guys like, man, it's not looking too good for me this week. And then that Hail Mary came, and Lord have mercy, that saved my week in fantasy. Um, you said it, man. I don't really have a lot to add to that. Kenyon Drake went for 100. DeAndre Hopkins had 127 and a touchdown. Josh Allen threw for 284. Um, Trey, if 
you had the option of taking Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson to start a football franchise, who are you rolling with? I would definitely roll Kyler Murray only because of one reason is because he's younger. He has a lot more upside for the future. Whereas, you know, it's people forget that, you know, I think Russell Wilson's getting ready to turn 32 this year. I mean, he's not old by any standards, but especially when you have a 43-year-old quarterback in the NFL or whatever old he is. But you know what I'm saying. Like, Kyler's in his early 20s. He has plenty of more years ahead of him. If I'm going to start a franchise, give me the younger guy that's almost as good as the older guy. I think I'd still roll with Russ uh, just because Russ never seems to have one of those games where he's only going to throw for, like, 180 yards. Like, he always is putting up big numbers. I like you mean Russ. like this? You mean like this weekend? Well, I mean, what did he throw for this weekend? There? It was like nine million yards or something, wasn't it? It was close to that. No. Um, I'm not sure, but they cut that. Uh, <laughs> you know what? He also had sixty rushing yards, so you know, give him some slack. So uh, let's go to that one uh, since we're talking about it. Seattle, led by my pick for a franchise quarterback, Russell Wilson. Uh, lost to the Rams, and Russell Wilson had 248 and two interceptions, so not his best game in the world. I'll give you that. Jared Goff had 302 yards passing. Um, and the rest of the guys, it's kind of, yeah, you know, the Rams are, are can do some things running the football. I don't think it was an overly exciting game in terms of points being scored. It was a divisional game, though, and that matters. The Rams are 4-0 at home. They are 6-3 and in the division, so they are tied with the Seahawks. Uh, other than that, you know, it was what it was. It was a game. It was on TV for me. What about you? Yeah, it, it was It was kind of what everybody kind of predicted it was going to be. I think the Rams were favored by three points in this game. I mean, it could have been a little more. But uh, the thing was, it was, what is it, strength against strength or strength against weakness? <laughs> strength against weakness. Uh, basically, the Rams have a lot of good tar- uh, people to target the football with. You know, they've got Woods. They've got Cooper Cup. Those running backs, I'd catch the ball some out of the backfield. Plus, they got two uh, two decent tight ends and Higby and Everest. They had guys to throw the ball to. And what do the Seahawks not do? Like the one thing that they don't do well at all, like they do everything else pretty well, dude, except for one, which is they can't stop the pass. It's kind of funny that Earl Thomas, I think, didn't he sign with like Houston this week? It's kind of funny. Like, didn't they really use him right now? Yeah, I think it was Tennessee maybe. But Yeah, I think it might have been Tennessee, right? Yeah, they, they really could have. Um, 49ers at the Saints, 27 points by the uh, Saints and 13 by San Francisco. Nick Mullins was the quarterback for the 49ers, so you kind of expect this. Latavius Murray was the leading rusher for the Saints. He had 57 yards, and the leading receiver for the Saints was Alvin Kamara, who had 83 yards. Here's what I'll say. Drew Brees got hurt, and it's going to be a while before he comes back. Jameis Winston or... Taysom Hill is going to be the quarterback. Sean Payton said he's not going to tell you who that is yet. I I don't know what the hesitation is because to me that's an obvious choice with Jameis, but he seems to have this infatuation with Taysom Hill, which myself and nobody else seemingly on Twitter understands, but it's his prerogative, I guess. I think the only reason why he's kind of wrestling with the decision between the two of them is possibly moving forward. We know Drew Brees, this might be his last season. I doubt it, but it might be. And I don't think he wants to make this decision lightly because I think whoever he puts in is going to kind of show his hand on who he's going to move forward in the future with. Um, And he's kept Taysom Hill on that roster, although Taysom Hill is kind of just a gadget guy at this point. 
And he brought in Jameis Winston, who uh, threw like 5,000 yards last year. Yeah, he did the, the 30 for 30 with 30 TDs and interceptions. <laughs> but we know that Jameis can play. If he can limit those interceptions, especially with the weapons he has there. I know he had some good ones in Tampa Bay, so I'm not trying to you know make excuses here for anything he didn't have. But, you know, the Saints got – they've got some good weapons too. And I think Jameis can play well there. So I think that really uh, Sean Payton's just going to wrestle with who he's starting because it's going to kind of show who he's going to go with in the future if Reese leaves. Do you do you buy into Taysom Hill as, a, as an NFL starting quarterback? No, no, I don't. I, I don't at all. I mean, I've seen him throw the football. I don't I haven't seen a few times he's thrown the ball. I haven't seen anything that jumped off the screen and said, "Hey, this guy's a professional quarterback." Um, he's okay. Like he's better than a lot of backups. But is he somebody that I would want to move forward with a franchise? I don't think so. I mean, he, he could shock us both, could shock the world. He could start next week and just absolutely tear it up. But for me right now, I'm going to go with the – if I was going to bet, I'm going to bet that he's not. I, I think there's about 20 backup quarterbacks right now. I'd take over Taysom Hill as my starting quarterback, but that's that's just me. The other big mystery there in New Orleans is what in the heck is going on with Michael Thomas? Is he in the doghouse or what? I mean, that guy gets no looks on the football field, and it's – it's weird because he last year he was the best offensive player in the NFL behind Derrick Henry or right there with him anyway. I don't get it, but that's something that New Orleans needs to figure out if they're going to make any noise in the playoffs. You can't have your best weapon who you just paid a hundred milli to doing basically nothing all game. Not going to Well, work. he he did come back from injury, and I'm pretty sure uh, Richard Sherman was back for the uh, 49ers. That that 49ers defense isn't bad. Be quite honest, if uh, Garoppolo's in that game, I, I feel like it might have been a, a little bit closer than what the end score was. Moving forward, uh, though, with the uh, 49ers, what do you see for them in that really, really difficult NFC West? Well, not good things. I mean, Garoppolo hasn't really been great this year himself. And everything you hear is that they want to move on from Garoppolo. So I don't expect much. I think this division – is a two-horse race between the uh, Cardinals and the Seahawks, and the 49ers are starting to get ready for next year. That's what I think. Really, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, we're just going to forget the, about the Rams beating the Seahawks this week, right? Do you buy the Rams? I don't, I don't really buy the Rams as a team that's going to make any noise anywhere. I mean, they – Man, their head coach is really good, dude. <laughs> like, they have really good coaching. Plus, their defense is really good, too. Like, their defense is not bad. They're not, I wouldn't say they're really good, but they're not bad. They're, they have a good but defense. But you talk, about, you talk about playing down to your competition. I mean, these guys had a slugfest with the NFC East teams a couple times. Like, uh, no, I'm not buying that. Like, they might have played up to Seattle uh, this week and got the win, but I'm not really buying what they're selling right now. Okay. All right, so Cincinnati – at Pittsburgh. And if you listen last week, the super ultra mega better of the week was this game, wasn't it, Trey? Yeah, and it was a bad call. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I I can't win them all. I, I figured that Cincinnati would be able to keep this game closer than what they did. They got blown up. They got blown out. There's not too much to say. Uh, let's just say there's been 10 weeks. I probably got eight out of ten right, so I'm sorry for everybody out there and took my advice this week because you lost money. Big but as far as the game, I'm like yards. It wasn't really a good game for them. They're gonna get they're gonna they're gonna get Mixon back here. Uh, I think next week, so that that could help them. But moving forward, they're kind of just they're just in rebuild mode. And 
next year, they'll look a little better next year, I think. Now, the Steelers, man, the Steelers have a bunch of third-round running backs uh, and led by Mr. James Conner, who gave me 10 total points of fantasy this week. He was almost black. So moving forward with them, the bright spot for them is Ben's playing well. They've got a lot of weapons on the outside. You know, Claypool, Johnson, and Juju's playing pretty good, man. So I think they're they're going to be a tough team to beat. And obviously, they are a tough team to beat because they're undefeated still. How much longer do you think that's going to last? I'd say they'll probably get to 9-0, and and that's where it'll stop. And I, I hate to say this because I'm not really this kind of guy, but I think if, if you're the Steelers, you want to lose. You don't want to take an undefeated streak into the playoffs just because, you know, like you got to feel a little bit of adversity and, and know what it's like to come back from that. Um, I tell you what's really maddening about watching the Steelers is Chase Claypool. This kid could dominate the league with his size and speed, but goodness gracious, this dude's catch radius is like the size of a cheese it cracker. I mean, they're just passes that are like, you like, you got to catch that. Your arms are as long as the Kimbe Matumbo. He just doesn't get it. it. It's so weird. It's the weirdest thing watching him. Um, maybe they can coach him up, and he can really kind of take his place where I think he can be in the league. But he's he's got to improve that a lot. But yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to argue with the team going, you know, eight no, and you're like, hey, you know, you guys are great, or are they nine and zero now. Yep, nine and zero. It's been ten weeks, and they're nine and zero. And you know, this team right now looks like. They're going to win this division. They're, I think they're a little better overall team than the uh, Ravens. The Ravens are lacking some pieces that they really need. I think the Ravens need some help at wideout to help Lamar. And I know they brought Dez Bryant there as a practice squad. I don't know if he was even active this week. I'm not no, sure. but he wasn't. They, they need more than that. Come on, guys. They, they need more than that. Right now, uh, I would take the weapons, uh, Ben plus his weapons over Lamar and his weapons all day, every day. Not to mention – that defense the Steelers got looks pretty good, man. I think they might be the second best defense in the league behind the uh, Dolphins. That defense is fast, and they play hard. Um, they play the Jaguars this coming week. Let me ask you this. Do you buy the Steelers as the best team in the NFL? And if not, then who? Right now, yeah. I mean, I hate it pains me to say it. I hate, I hate the Steelers and a lot, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot about them, but, you know, yeah, I think they are, and it, I mean, they're they're nine zero, man. Yeah, like they're the best team right now. That could probably change here in a couple of weeks, but right now, yeah. Yeah, I think a Steelers uh, Chiefs matchup would be incredibly intriguing. But as of right now, I roll with you on that. I think the Steelers are the best. Baltimore at New England. <laughs> New England won this one, twenty three to seventeen. Lamar Jackson, two hundred forty nine yards passing. Our boy. Damian Harris, 121 yards on the ground, killing it. Um, you touched on Lamar a second ago. I don't know if it's if he needs more receivers or if he just needs to let the ball go. I mean, the receivers aren't really different than what they had last year. So I don't understand what's going on. Um, I don't think he's been necessarily as effective running the ball, even though the stats might be similar. I think the effectiveness of the runs has changed a little bit. And I, I, you know, that explosiveness in terms of the offense is just not there. New England, I think they know what their identity is. They're just a ground and pound team, right? Like in MMA, if this were MMA, they, they, they would try to get you on your back and they're just going to wrestle with you. And hopefully they come out on top, right? That's kind of what they do. They run the ball. 
And Cam Newton is a running back for them, basically. Damian Harris is a running back for them. They they played to their strength yesterday, and they got the W. I really like the analogy. I really like that. That was pretty cool, and it's spot on because that's really what the Pats are. They are a ground and pound team. You know, Cam's can still throw throw the rock some, but I think it this this offense benefits his style a lot better. Ground and pound, and then every once in a while, play action, and then the field opens up for him. I think moving forward, the Pats are in a better position than what they were at the beginning of the season because they've kind of figured out who they are finally and found their identity. As far as the Ravens go, man, it, it's frustrating watching the game last night, first of all, because I don't think we got a – when you talk about Lamar, I don't think we got a, a, an idea who Lamar is going to be the rest of the season from that game at all because the weather, the weather was horrible. The weather was so horrible that I was able to make in-game bets on what I thought was going to happen, drive to drive, and came out with 250 extra dollars last night. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it was kind of predictable. You were kind of seeing the rhythm of the game is going to be a lot of ground and pound and running the ball, and the, the pass were just doing a better job of it. And I do like for the Ravens, they got Ingram back. At the beginning of the game, Ingram looked like he was – uh, coming back pretty strong, but I think they left him out some to let him continue to heal. I think that's going to help them out. But like I said there a little while ago, man, without the receiving the receivers they really need, I mean, all they got is Hollywood Brown. He's just a short, fast guy. They need one of those Claypool type guys. They need one of those Fulham guys. They need one of those, one of these young receivers to step up. Willie Sneed, I like him, man, but you're not where it's at. Sorry, man. Speaking of young receivers stepping up, let's shout out Jacoby Myers from the Patriots, man, he is balling out since he's been activated. This guy has just been unstoppable. And he even threw a touchdown pass yesterday, too, which was pretty sweet to see. I always like those trick plays. I think that New England still has a shot to win that division, which is crazy, right? Think about it this way, too. They'd be, they would be 6-3 and three right now if they didn't run that stupid play from the one-yard line against Seattle in week two or three. And Cam didn't fumble against Buffalo on that last drive a couple weeks ago. Think about that. They would be in first place in that division, or close to it. I think Buffalo's – yeah, no, they would be because Buffalo would have got another loss. This team is still sneaky effective, even with all those players out. So this says a lot about the coaching job that Bill Belichick is doing. And I like – you know, Cam Newton's been making the plays he's supposed to make, and they're getting a lot out of their, their young rookies. So. Hard to hate on what they got going on there, even though it's the Patriots, you know. All right, 56 Nation. Once again, another episode in the books. Thank you for rolling with us. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. Check us out on Spotify, the 56 Podcast. Look us on Apple Podcasts, the 56 Podcast. We are there. Facebook and Twitter, the 56 Podcast. You know where to find us. 